When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I mean, I already, I, I go into the summers with all the motivation I need to, to get better. Um, and that's all I can really do is get better. You know, I can't really control none of the conversations. I can't control, you know, what I can't control. So I try to just be in the moment, you know, and work on things that I can work on. And, and that's just my craft. Honestly, I mean, stability in the NBA is, is a rare thing to have. So I've accepted that, and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, D'Lo talking at one of his camps about the lack of stability in the NBA. And for him, with one year left in his contract, this is Reckless Speculation Thursday to all who celebrate. And as we record this, we are, I don't know, eight hours away or so from the NBA flood opening up free agency. Doogie is with us from the 5 Eyewitness News sports team and the Scoop podcast for inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports team. Boys, happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Oh, and a glorious one. We've got, as Phil just said, NBA free agency kicks off tonight. National Hockey League draft next week. Free agency after that. Baseball trade deadline August 3rd. If you don't like Reckless Speculation, the next month is not for you. I am with you, gentlemen. I mentioned on Tuesday, too, maybe some Vikings news coming in the next month mm-hmm. with Ndamuk and Sue getting a contract mm-hmm. offer. So we can get to that maybe a little bit more in detail mm-hmm. later in this segment. But, yes, happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. I love this time of the year. So much will change, though. It's very fluid, right? I mean, some of the stuff we talk about right now at 10:10 Central on Thursday morning, June 30th, could change in the next few hours. But I will give you the most up-to-date information that I have. Yes. Well, let's let's – there's so many places to go here. We're going to get into – you know, how close were the Timberwolves on DeJounte Murray? We'll get into some other stuff here. But now that they, the DeJounte Murray stuff is in the rear view because he went to the Hawks. Um, you had been reporting some of the other players that they've kicked the tires on. I mean, Rudy Gobert's name was out there and Clint Capella. Kind of feels like maybe that ship has sailed. So I guess, what do you think their plans are now? Do you th- They have a mid-level exception. Do you sense splashiness coming? Do you sense, because Chris Finch was pretty open a couple days ago, uh, and you posted this to, to your Twitter account. We played the clip on our shows yesterday saying, hey, the, the best way for us to get better is for the young nucleus, and he included Jalen Noel in that young nucleus too with Anthony Edwards, Jay McDaniels, for those guys to get better. And there is a lot of room to grow there. But is that what they're going to kind of bank on here at this point? Or do you think they're going to get splashy still? 
I don't think they get splashy, Phil. Unless something changes on the Rudy Gobert front. I'm on record going back over a week that I've always thought Gobert to Minnesota was an extreme long shot. But I'm also on record saying Dell Demps, now in the Wolves front office, is a huge Rudy Gobert fan. There is genuine interest, not just Demps, others in the Wolves front office, in pairing Gobert with Carl Anthony Towns. It's just hard for me to see Danny Ainge striking a deal, moving Gobert from Utah to Minnesota. So outside of that move, now that we know DeJounte Murray is on his way to Atlanta, like I don't necessarily see the big splash. Now, there was a Memphis reporter who suggested that the Wolves and Grizzlies engaged in some dialogue where Malik Beasley would end up in a Memphis uniform. Tyus Jones signed in trade would land here, but Tyus isn't landing here. I don't see a scenario, even though he can play off the ball. Like if you look at how he was used in Memphis last year, you know, him making nearly 40% of his three point shots really worked on his three point shot last summer. Like he can play off the ball. Like there is a scenario where Tyus could be here with D'Angelo Russell, but it's just hard for me to see a scenario where those two are here. So as long as D'Angelo Russell is here, it's hard for me to see Tyus Jones landing in a Wolves uniform. Who wants D'Angelo Russell? I do believe New York had interest at one point, right? I mean, we've talked about that for a while with the Gerson Rosas influence, some other points of, of emphasis with the Knicks front office, you know, the connections to D'Angelo Russell, including Leon Rose, who used to work at Creative Arts Agency. That is D'Angelo Russell's representation. But, like, they're getting Jalen Brunson, so they don't need D'Angelo Russell. If the Wolves really wanted to move D'Angelo Russell, do I think they could? Yes, but why would you attach any sort of sweetener to a guy on an expiring contract? No, agreed. Like, you wouldn't do that. Like, D'Angelo is still a capable player, even though right. I think he has his warts. I think he's closer to the player we saw in the Memphis playoff series, the final 30 games of the season. But, like, he deserves all sorts of credit. He was really, really good. He was the best clutch player on the Wolves through the first 50, 55 games. Heck, you can make a case through the first 50 to 55 games He was their most valuable player. That's how good he was for the first few months of last year. So there is some goodness there. We remember how good D'Angelo was last time he was in a contract year, that final year with the Brooklyn Nets. So there is value in just keeping D'Angelo Russell here and maintaining all that flexibility one year from now. July of 2023, having maximum cap flexibility. That's why I'll continue here. The Wolves would love to add a free agent, but, like, they'd love to add somebody on a one-year deal. Like, they're not interested in adding money beyond next year. Like, they would love to get JaVale McGee or Andre Drummond on a one-year deal. Just not sure it's real realistic to land either of those guys on a one-year deal. There is no Mo Bamba steam. Do I think Mo Bamba has come up internally 100%? But I was told this morning, for people curious on Mo Bamba, that like unless something changes, but as I sit here at ten fifteen in the morning on Thursday morning, Mo Bamba is not going to end up in a Wolves uniform. Isaiah Hartenstein is another guy on their radar, but there's Clippers interest, there's Knicks interest. Like I'm not quite sure I see Hartenstein landing here. So they'll end up with somebody, maybe a second or third tier free agent, somebody like Frank Kaminsky. Like I was told Tim Connolly has some interest in Kaminsky. That's not a first wave free agent. That's a uh, way, way down the you know, list of guys, right? But you're going to add somebody at some point, but they're also going to continue to explore the trademark because right now with Torian Prince back in the mix, I don't have the full roster in front of me, but I believe they are at 
is it 13 or 14 guaranteed contracts? This is including Wendell Moore Jr., Walker Kessler. So you only have so much flexibility, you know, with that maximum being 15. Josh Minot is going to sign a two-way deal. He will not get a standard NBA deal. But now with Nasri, Jalen Noel, those were no-brainer decisions, bringing those guys back with the team options, you know, less than $2 million each for next year. They never explored – I was asked about this – they never explored declining the Jalen Noel option than looking to sign him to a longer-term deal. Okay, They were always intent on just exercising the option. They can figure out if they want to keep Noel later. So, like, they know they have Noel under contract for next year, but they never thought about ripping up that option and signing him to a newer, longer-term deal. That never was on the table. But they're going to continue to explore the trade market. I just – I was told – Malik Beasley, like, there's not a whole lot of interest there, which somewhat surprises me, but, like, I don't think there's a whole lot of Beasley interest. And outside of New York, like, Phil, I'm telling you, I don't know a team that has been yearning to acquire D'Angelo Russell. I really don't. Now, if the Wolves are willing to give three or four unprotected firsts, yeah, San Antonio would have said, sure, give us the draft picks, give us D'Angelo. They probably would have worked out some sort of buyout with D'Angelo Russell, or maybe kept him just to be some sort of veteran presence, although I'm not quite sure that is a strength of of D'Angelo, having him influence all those guys down in San Antonio. But, you know, that was a scenario that was that was kicked around. It's not like Tim Connolly is married to D'Angelo Russell. I mean, unless your name is Ann Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns, you absolutely could be traded. But, like, I don't sense anything as super imminent as we sit here on Thursday morning. Uh, Doogie, I did see... Uh... Brian Windhorse. No, this is on Twitter, and Timberwolves Clips, at Wolves Clips, tweeted this out, and then actually some NHL people got burned on some Kevin Fiala stuff yesterday, so take this as you will. But uh, Timberwolves Clips tweeted out Brian Windhorse on the Timberwolves' pursuit of DeAndre Ayton, and Wendy apparently said another team to watch would be Minnesota. Minnesota's looking for a shot blocker, and it would not surprise me if the Wolves pivot, and with D'Angelo as bait, they took a look at DeAndre Ayton. Have you heard anything, or do you see a for uh, a, a situation where the Wolves could pursue DeAndre Ayton? Any big man free agent is on the Wolves' radar. Really, anybody that can play. So DeAndre Ayton, free agent, absolutely is somebody that has come up at Mayo Clinic Square. I think it's way, 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 way more likely Declan either ends up back in Phoenix or in Toronto or possibly Indiana. I do know that Wendy brought up Minnesota. That is legit. That wasn't something that was aggregated incorrectly. He did say just another team to watch in the DeAndre Ayton sweepstakes would be Minnesota. I did check with somebody close to Ayton on Wednesday. He did not sense that the Wolves are heavily interested in DeAndre. But that is a name I will keep an eye on as the day progresses. Uh, I love this. Go ahead. (laughs) Dukes, um, (laughs) we touched on on this on – the bonus scoop on Tuesday. But the more I see this start to play out and think about the um, the potential here, it does make sense. Like, if this team, if Tim Conley slow cooks and slow plays things, right? Because we, we continue to talk about a year from now could present a golden opportunity. I know it's not the exciting thing, and I know that it would basically mean not doing a ton right now. But just from an organizational standpoint of development, that actually probably makes the most sense, correct? Just to allow this thing with the current roster construction for the most part to play itself out. I agree. Like, how do you bypass maximum flexibility right. one year from now? 
That doesn't mean a big name free agent is going to take your money, but that also offers all sorts of trade mm-hmm. possibilities. Yes. Like reading between the lines of the Finch soundbite that you guys played on Wednesday, right? Him speaking up and Jaden Jalen. Like that's pretty calculated, right? So yeah, they absolutely, with the addition of, you know, a middle tier free agent and Walker Kessler, Wendell Moore Jr., may run this thing back, see what they can do. Can they build upon 46 wins? Is there more there? Can they climb the ladder in the Western Conference? But, hey, unless, you know, there's some unforeseen, you know, crappy injury circumstances, they should be able to at least minimum be back in the play-in tournament. So it'll be an exciting 22-23 season. Then, yeah, think about the excitement heading into one year from now, the summer of 2023, when you still have Ant, when you have Cat signed to a super max extension. So you still have your core in place. Jaden McDaniels, I think, has a chance to be part of a big three, but maybe you find somebody next summer that is really part of the big three. But Jaden McDaniels in year three, like I just, I think his potential is is off the charts. I just, I think he is going to have a really good year this next year. So, you know, try to build upon the 46 wins. I think it'll be difficult because I think the Western Conference will be that much better. So, like, to me, if you run this thing back, like, you're back in the play. And, like, I just don't see a path where you are a top six team in the West. But I could be wrong. It's, on that. Yeah, it's why all not? dependent on it. If Ant explodes in year three, then all, then all bets are can. off, right? Sure, they are. But, like, the Clippers are going to be better. Denver is going to be better. New Orleans is going to be better. Okay, what happens with Utah? We'll keep an eye on Utah. Does Portland have another big move in them? Does Damian Lillard play more than 25 games next year? So yeah, Portland the, La- the Lakers still are probably might have do something. something there. Mm-hmm. The Lakers, you know, like, will the Lakers be this bad still? Okay, now we know the Spurs are going to be really bad. Okay, the Thunder, I like what they're doing, but they're still a couple years away. Houston, kind of like what they're doing, but they're still a little ways away. Sacramento, who the heck knows? Although Sacramento still is trying to do some stuff. Do they somehow end up with John Collins? Like Atlanta has to move some money. It may not be Collins. Maybe it's Bogdanovich or Herter. But like Atlanta needs to shed some money when looking at where they are at in terms of the luxury tax. So Atlanta is still going to do something. Would Sacramento have some interest in one of their guys or multiple of their guys? So Sacramento still could be intriguing. Although I don't think Sacramento in any scenario is is jumping over over the wolves, but like you can run this thing back and like, just, you know, go for the big splash next summer. Like that's the way it is setting up. And Judd, to your point, like, I don't know how you would pass on that. I really don't having all that flexibility one year from now to me, you embrace that. I do have a DLO question for you here. So this is, reckless speculation. this would be the forum on reckless speculation to just kind of, yeah, maybe you don't have something confirmed, but you heard a whisper about something, and uh, we just we throw it out in a safe space here. It's reckless speculation Thursday, and I heard a whisper that D'Lo wasn't pleased with how the season ended and let some people know about it with the Timberwolves. I'm not saying that the bridge is completely burned, and I I, I don't know. I'm sure there is some self awareness there of he played like garbage, but they also. They didn't stick with him. They stuck with a couple other guys who played like garbage. They didn't stick with D'Lo. They benched him for the last six minutes. But uh, I've heard some whispers that it's not exactly kumbaya between D'Lo and the Timberwolves. Not that it can't be repaired. I'm wondering what you've heard about that relationship, 
just the way that the season ended and then some of the trade whispers that have been out there. He's tweeted about them. What have you heard? What I'm hearing right now is the Ghostbusters theme on <laughs> Droogie's cell phone uh, I'm sitting here. Old school. Wow. Droogie, way to go. Appreciation for Good old movies. Good for Droogie. He, he likes old people. We might get a copyright, so if we could meet that, that'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> Please so anyway, on to get flagged. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, on Droogie brings down Score North. <laughs> we just we, we just we just got sued by a record label. Sorry. I don't know how to silent it either. R- RCA Records, I'm right at us. <laughs> oh god. Oh man. Let me see if I know his password. This will be bad if Dad doesn't know his password. All right, I oh, got no. it. Let me see if I can lower the volume. Oh there my god. Go. All right, we're good. Yep. All right. So anyway, Phil, it's never been kumbaya. With D'Lo. D'Lo's not a kumbaya kind of personality, mm. right? I do think, though, the motivation of being in a contract year, Carl Anthony Towns, even though I think it's been overstated at times how tight Cat and D'Lo are, there's a relationship. They're yeah. friends. But, like, I think it's been stated at times, like, they're inseparable. No, it's not quite that. But with Cat's influence, I do think he can convince, gosh darn it. <laughs> Droogie's very popular. Hey, Dad, you better, you better get control of your kid. I thought I hit the what the hell's calling, going on? Who's calling your son like, what's on going a on here? Silent. Yeah, silent button. And why is he leaving his phone around? Tell him he doesn't want to do that, well, especially like when he's 15 or 16. You know, those... He's going to get some texts he does not want Mom and Dad to see. Phone off. There we go. Perfect. Amazing. I still know how to operate an iPhone. But, like... Congratulations. Cat can, you know, soothe over that relationship. Like, I just, I think D'Lo would be motivated enough. Yeah. Is he pissed off that he got benched? Absolutely. Right? Like, his point is, we're not even in that scenario of playing Memphis as the seven seed without my performance against the Clippers in that playing game. Right? So, True. look at my body of work, especially those first 50 or 55 games. Like, you're really going to bench me? So, yeah. My understanding is, yeah. There was some frustration there, but I'm just telling you, like, I don't think it would be a real toxic situation if D'Lo was in a Wolves uniform. No, and what leverage does he have, right? What's he, what, what is he going to do, hold out? You know, this is, it's a contract no. year. He's got to go Correct. play his ass off and go make another $100 million after the season's over. So, Which, if he has a good year, he probably can. Heck, it may be here, depending on how the Wolves do yeah. and how he does. We can't rule out D'Lo getting the money he's – just about seeking next summer, right here. Mm-hmm. So, Dukes, you you've t- talked about uh, him as well as be- being a strange personality. I don't think you've like ripped him, but you just said, "Hey, he's yeah, a he's weird, not a bad guy. He's a weird, just a unique guy." Yeah, right. Do you think that that personality fits what this team's uh, power structure wants? Because I, I mean, for that position, you probably want want a guy on the same page with you off and on the floor as well, unless it's just an absolute superstar. So how well do you think that D'Angelo Russell and his slightly strange personality fits what Finch and Conley see as being their ideal point guard? Well, I mean, roller coaster, right? But like, it just, it's the situation where final year of his deal, Judd. So you just ride this thing out to, sure. to oh, yeah, max flexibility a year from now. I'm saying long Yeah, term. well, I mean, I don't see a long-term fit. Like, of the three scenarios this summer, yep. trade, extension, or D'Lo just rides out his contract, like, of the three, 
I've always ranked extension for the money he wants, his representation wants. I've always ranked that as a distance third, right? Of all the of all the choices, right? I mean, that's a distant third behind trade or just his back on the final year of his deal. So I wouldn't necessarily worry about that. Like I know Tim Connolly is on record saying, hey, I'm looking forward to, to getting to know D'Angelo Russell. You know, I mean, that's to me, you know, that's word salad or however you want to frame it. I mean, you know, Tim's willing just to ride this thing out. I don't, I don't sense like, okay, he wants to build this, super genuine connection, even though that's Tim's personality. So maybe it happens organically, but like, I'm just telling you, like to me right now, the way this thing is going to play out D'Lo back and then the wolves move on next summer. Yeah. Uh, I do have a list. There's a, there's a, there's a couple lists out there of just mid-level exception candidates. You've thrown some names out there. And I think, I wish I could credit because there's, there's a couple of really good wolves blogs out there. And one of them mentioned one of these names that, I didn't know that he had such a good season last year as a role player, but Amir Coffey is available. Is, is he unrestricted or is he a restricted free agent? He's unrestricted. He's a restricted free agent. Restricted, restricted. okay. Restricted. And so the Clippers love him. Yeah, they tendered him, so he's restricted. I was actually texting with with his dad recently, Richard, who you know was a friend. And, you know, like I just know the Clippers really want him back. And I just – I don't know if you're presenting – a multi-year offer sheet to Amir if you're Tim Connolly that makes LA say no. Like with Steve Ballmer, you know, with Kawhi Leonard now healthy, like the luxury tax is not a huge deal for the LA Clippers. I don't sense like, so, you know, unless it's a four year, $40 million deal, four years for the full mid-level. And would you offer Amir coffee four years at the full mid-level? Like I like Amir, but I'm not quite there. Yeah, he's be- he's actually become a, a really good three point shooter over the last couple of years. That's the biggest yeah, thing. I mean, he's I hope on. people locally realize how good he was for the Clippers mm-hmm. last season. Like he really took off. It's a fantastic story. He always knew he was going to be undrafted, but had to get out from underneath Richard Pitino. You know, so he was always leaving. He was not coming back for that final year of college eligibility. Was always leaving, but knew it was an incredible long shot to get drafted. So knew he wasn't going to get drafted, but. His agent did a good job securing a two-way deal with the Clippers, and he took off with it. Like, a lot of guys sign two-way deals, and, you know, they just they get lost in the shuffle. I think about Daniel Oturu, former Gopher, who's now with Orlando in the Summer League, was with Chicago's G League affiliate, bounced around, right, was in the Clippers organization, right? Memphis had him for a hot second. Like, Oturu's bounced around, and it may never happen for Daniel Oturu to get back into the NBA. I hope he does. But it may not happen. But Amir Coffey is a fantastic story of of resiliency. He's going to get paid. I just think the Clippers have a lot of interest in matching any offer sheet that he yeah. might sign. I should I should have asked this earlier, but uh, just, just to throw it out to the room. Now that we know what the price tag was for Dejounte Murray, three first round picks, and uh, and Gallinari, who's what thirty two, thirty three years old, just kind of a you know he's not like a piece to the future for San Antonio, but. The three first-round picks were kind of San Antonio is looking for future first-round draft picks to collect assets, and that's what they got. Would you guys have traded three first-round picks and, I don't know, I guess D'Lo? I don't know what the other piece would have been. D'Lo would have been the comp here? Would you guys have considered that? Did the Wolves ever consider something like that, to, to, to your knowledge, Doogie? Well, yeah, I mean, they engaged San Antonio. In dialogue, the Wolves were heavily, 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 heavily interested in DeJounte Murray. More likely, just to make the money work, it may have been Malik Beasley 
maybe Malik and some combination of one of those smaller contracts, maybe Nas Reed. Like D'Angelo at what, 28, 29 million. DeJounte's at 17. Yeah, the, the Spurs Although would the Spurs, have had to kick back something. Yeah, the Spurs, well, no, the Spurs have cap space, so they could have absorbed it. Like that would have been true. the idea is to send out D'Lo. That's true. Like I don't sense the Wolves ever came super close to moving three unprotected firsts. Mm-hmm. Like you think about Matt Lloyd, his influence now in the front office, his scouting background. Like that's a lot to give up three unprotected firsts. So I don't think it got quite to that point. The Wolves knew what the price point was. Also on Gallinari, the Spurs can now spin him. Like, he's an expiring contract. The Spurs are, in all likelihood, going to get something for Gallinari, whether it's now or at the trade deadline. So they're going to turn that into something. So you can look at it from that standpoint. Now maybe they could have done the same if they acquired D'Lo, but maybe not as easily. Like, I think there's a legit market for Gallinari. Not sure there would have been a legit market for D'Lo. Vikings wise, sir, uh, let, let's go back to what we discussed on Tuesday. In Dominic and Suit, you still expect to get a contract offer at some point from the Vikings towards training camp. What do we know about the pursuit of, of uh, him with Vegas, which also has expressed intrigue as far as that goes? Is he basically expecting two sort of simultaneous contract offers in late July? Well, and there might be even another team that pops in sure. in late July, right? So. He could very well have options. You know, we're not talking big money, but like he will have a choice to make. So no guarantees he accepts the Vikings offer. But I can tell you, him, his camp, expect the Vikings to make an offer. Has that happened to date? No. The Vikings have not made Indomitian and Sue an offer as we sit here on the morning of June 30th. But yeah, there is an expectation that before the start of training camp, I guess the veterans are on the field starting on July 26th, at some time before July 26th, an offer will come in to, to sue. Doogie, this has been Reckless a pleasure. Speculation On the eve of NBA free agency here, on the day of NBA free agency, uh, go ahead and empty any, anything else in your scoop bag here that you'd like to throw on the table for us. Sure, another third-tier free agent that the Wolves may have interest in, depending on, you know, do they strike a deal somehow with Pat Beverly? Do they strike a deal with D'Angelo Russell? Javon Carter. But again, that's a third-tier type guy, Carter Kaminsky. Twins, they are bringing Terry Ryan, Bill Smith, a bunch of luminaries to, to Cooperstown for the weekend of July 23rd when Tony Oliva, Jim Cott go into, into the hall. I know there's a big party in Cooperstown the Twins are throwing on Saturday night. Go for men's basketball. Their players will not take part in the Twin Cities Pro-Am, so that will ramp up here in a week or two at Minnehaha Academy. A lot of good players will play. But unfortunately, no Gophers will be taking part in the Twin Cities Pro-Am. I heard that Memphis first-round pick David Roddy, after Summer League, may end up playing in a game or two at Minnehaha Academy. The Twins were never engaged on Sergio Romo. He signed with the Blue Jays the other day. As we think about the Twins trying to add some bullpen help, but they were not interested in any sort of reunion with Sergio Romo. Heath Hembry is another okay reliever right now on the market. Let go by the Pirates recently. As of yesterday... The Twins were not interested in Hembry. Former gopher Austin Hollins secured a seven-figure deal with Maccabi Tel Aviv, mm-hmm. an overseas power. It's Good a two-year deal. Second year is a team option, but it's a one-year, essentially $1 million deal. He'll make less after taxes, but still, that's a pretty good deal for the former gopher Austin Hollins. There it is. Inside also, information. One more. I got Ooh. one more. Whoop. McKinley Wright, right? Fan favorite. I mean, he was always cheering on the bench. 
with the Wolves. Had a good year for the Iowa Wolves. Look for him to land with the Phoenix Suns in summer league. I could see Phoenix signing him to a two-way deal. Nathan Knight was tendered. So Nathan Knight, the Wolves have have power there, restricted power. Uh, they tendered him a two-way offer. Awesome. There it is. Inside information about Minnesota sports teams. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday, Doogie. Enjoy your weekend. Absolutely. Enjoy the day, boys. And get right. that phone away from you. Droogie's it's done. Phone. It's off. Good. Absolutely. Lesson learned. Thank you. See you. All right. Those Thanks, scoops presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, uh, the Federated Challenge, which helps raise millions of dollars, uh, actually $44 million over the last 16 or 17 years, uh, coming up at the end of July. And it helps Big Brothers, Big Sisters, which provides one-to-one and facilitates, I should say, one-to-one mentoring relationships for uh, youth at risk, youth in need. You can find out more about Big Brothers Big Sisters if you want to become a big yourself. They're always looking for help at federatedchallenge.org. That's federatedchallenge.org. I need a smoke after that. Mm. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, but I'm going to start today. And think about this. There's a very good chance that the Wolves are going to slow play this entire thing. So like a year from now? I'm fine with that. No, no, but my point is a year from now, it's going to be Wolves NBA cocaine. Like, it's going to be flying fast and furious, possibly. Like, this yeah. is slow, and it's great. You know what they say? I don't know who. My dad used to say this when I was a kid. I don't know who he took it from, but said, Philip, only the disciplined are free in life. Hmm. Show us some discipline. I like that. And you can get you can get more things I'm going to disagree want. with your dad right yeah. now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree. That sounds indulge. really good. Indulge. In, yeah. Indulge. Yep. <laughs> Only those who get out of control truly have the most fun. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going we're gonna to pause here on this reckless speculation Thursday. Mackie and Judd. Hey, Kev, he had 85 points. Right. The, the kid had a great year. We're, we don't have cap space. So, <laughs> we, we, I mean, honestly, to keep him, we'd have to, we'd have to trade three guys or two guys and then deplete your team more and then, you know, the following year we're gonna we're in it even more. So it just didn't fit. He's the most honest general manager in my life watching Minnesota sports, <laughs> Billy Garrett. Well, there's just no BS. Yeah. He just, just like his quote just there, tells the truth. There's no there's no crap. There's no BS. He he doesn't he does the fundamental thing I love about him is he doesn't care what you think and so he tells you what he thinks. Because he's confident that he's right, yeah. Even but, though he but might like, not always be right. But yeah. I mean, can you imagine the spin on you know the Fiala trade from I don't know Bill Smith back in the day or so? You know, it'd be all the spin Dude. about how we looked at this and that. I love this. Bill Smith. I, quick story, and then we'll get into what will the Wild do next year on this reckless speculation Thursday. Mackie and Judd. I remember when I covered the Twins beat from 2010 to 2013. It was like the the tail end of the Bill Smith era, and then Terry Ryan 2.0. And I was at the winter meetings in 2011. It was actually it was 2010 because it would have been December of 2010 going into the 2011 offseason. And uh, Nishioka was on the verge of signing with the Twins. And there's all this Japanese media and the lobby and stuff. And the Twins had there was some other rumors about other players they might sign. And and he was playing it very close to the vest. He just so it's it's me, Lavelli, Neal, Kelsey Smith, and I think Kelly Thazier from MLB.com. Just the four of us in the Twins team suite inside the. Uh, Whatever, like the Disney, the, the Dolphin Hotel and Resort or something down in Orlando. And he's not giving us, you know, my dog is and very sensitive to this story, too. Yeah. Uh, anyways, long story short, he wouldn't give us any information on anything. It's like, dude, we're, 
we traveled down here. You right. were literally sitting in your hotel suite. Can you give us something? Right. And so finally, Lavelle says, hey, uh, that double-A pitcher that you had, that first-round pick from a few years ago, is he going to be a starter or a reliever next year? And Bill is, peel, Bill, is Bill, Bill Smith peeling the label off of his water bottle to, like, oh you know, God. avoid making eye contact. He goes, I'm not going to give you guys that information. <laughs> like, what? It's just, who cares? It's driven, driven by insecurity at, at its finest. Yeah. And that's what Bill Guerin doesn't have. He, yes. he doesn't care what you think, which is awesome, and he <laughs> is secure in his decision. Yeah. Yes. And and so, yes, it's just it's such a breath of fresh air because you realize Bill Guerin exposes one simple thing. How many of these guys are trying to fake it? Yeah. No, it's it's true. Because when you can't answer questions, when you that's not you're not that important. It's not government secrets. Yes. You're faking it. And you're I love trying it. I, to fake it. I love his answer. He's like, yeah, Fiala's a really good player, but we <laughs> We're not going to sign him for seven and a half, eight million dollars a year on what was it a seven seven year contract seven. extension? Yeah, and know. then have to punt on a couple other players. So, so I guess the question for the room here for for the Judd's Hockey Show crew is what do they do now? They just traded one of the most productive. They're probably their second most productive offensive player on the team, and uh, he did disappear in the playoffs. So I'm. You know, they didn't exactly trade Mario Lemieux in his prime here. I think they kind of traded Jason Zucker 2.0. But that's productivity that has to be replaced. So what is next for them as the hockey offseason also opens up shortly here? So just quickly, Fiala is a superior player, in my opinion, to Jason. J- Jason was good, but Kevin, at his best, is a special player. But all of that being said, and Wild fans don't like this, but it's the truth, is this. The Wild made deadline deals this year because they were cap-stricken and they had a chance to go for it. Now, it fell woefully short. It didn't work. We'll all admit that. It was disappointing. But they went out and got Flower. They went out and got a defenseman. They went out and got a tough guy because they had the room. And they're like, screw it. We're going to make an effort to try to win now. And it didn't work. But from the day that they bought out Suter and Parisi, and and if they had stayed, those contracts were going to cause cap hell, okay? So, like, they accelerated cap hell, but those contracts were going to cause problems. But from the day that they bought them out, and Bill Guerin spent months talking to to ownership about this. So it's not like they bought them out and somebody looked at the books and said, oh, my God, did you see what it's going to do to us for the next three years after 2021, 22? Mm-hmm. This team has is prepared, and this team is going into uh, now a phase where they are going to spend the next three years trying to be as competitive as possible with a young, fast team, but they are prepared for the results of the buyouts. So, like, nothing about this. The problem with Chucky Fletcher, I felt, was the, was the swings, right? We're going for it. We're not going for it. We're sort of going to go for it. Let's get Dubnik. And look, I, I got that. But Bill Guerin has a plan here, and I'm going to be a Guerin apologist because part of that there's plan no to reason me, not to yeah, be. And he good be. at his but, job, but ordinarily I'm not. But I get this one. What they're doing is they're going to build around Kaprizov, who, by the Kaprizov? way, when you have Kaprizov, Kaprizov. you're always going to be competitive. Uh-huh. Like like he's that good. He is a superstar player. So like it's not like well we've got this sort of good player and then these slappies. No, you've got a superstar player and and. They are develop. They are banking on one very simple thing. 
They are banking on the fact that all of these prospects that they're obtaining and draft picks, two first-round picks last year, two now 19-24 and 24 next Thursday, are going to develop. And the reason why they went and hired Judd Brackett from the Canucks is because he is known as a fantastic scout. And so they are putting all of their eggs in the carton of, okay, the next three years financially are going to suck. It's going to be real tough. But we're going to build a good, young, fast team. And then in three years, which will be going into the last year of Kaprizov's current contract, we can then supplement and add because we will be going full steam with these prospects. It makes sense. Like, so how I know good can sexy. they be in the meantime? I mean, they're good. They, they should still be a playoff team they can in the be meantime. Good. Yeah. They can be competitive. They can be competitive. Um, but here's what I like about this, too. And Garen was just proven right by what we saw in the uh, Stanley Cup finals. Tampa Bay and Colorado are teams that were fundamentally built on a foundation of draft picks. Mm-hmm. Like, those aren't teams that went and said, let's go get Parisi and Suter, and then they, 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 they can mix in with some draft picks. Um, the Wild did not tank, which there was a time I would have supported that. But they did not tank. But that does not mean that you can't go a different route to develop a good team, right? So this is all about, I think, Dex, simply development. And if it works, it should be a lot of fun. They're banking on guys like Matt Boldy, who came up and was phenomenal for them. They're banking on future guys like Marco Rossi potentially stepping in and being effective for them right away. You know, Tyson Jost was playing a fourth-line role, but also could be now elevated with Fiala being absent, who was a 10th overall pick not too long ago. The, the the point of hitting on your draft picks here is pretty crucial because right now you have four picks in the first 56 of the draft. So I believe it's 19, 24, 48, 56. Now, I still think, recklessly speculating... Reckless speculation! I would be pretty surprised if the Wild make all four of those picks. I, I think either they'll be packaged and moved up, they could even mortgage them to move down, they could get future assets with them. I would be pretty surprised if they indeed stay stay put and make all four of those selections in their allotted spots. Um, but they have to have players come through that are in their system and hit and develop on them. Um, the bigger question I think I have for Garen after this first Fiala move is, <clears throat> as of right now, you only have $6.5 million in cap space. 6.5, that's it. And you have two pretty decent free agents left and Mark Andre Fleury who is up there in age and might not make six or seven mil again, but certainly is not going to take a vet minimum discount. And you have Jake Middleton, who is an RFA who played very nicely for you. Won't break the bank, but still is probably looking at a payday between, I don't know, judge three to $4 million probably for AAV, maybe yeah. a little less, but I would put it at that. Yeah. So that's only six and a half million dollars. And I don't think you have the room right now with six and a half million dollars to pay both flurry and Middleton. So that means someone else is going to get moved here. And I would say the leading candidates of that are Dumba, uh, potentially Dmitry Kulikov, who does have a modified no-trade clause somehow, some way. Uh, John Merrill is making chump change, but it, you can move the contract. You have to figure out some other player, and some other player that the fans know well is probably going to be moved by opening night next season to clear more space and to also bring in other assets to make you still a competitive team. Okay, on on Fleury, and I and I get that like like trading Dumba is going to help you a lot more with cap space than than not bringing Fleury back. But does that need to continue? It was it was what it yeah. was. You, you you tried to spark your team last year to make a Stanley Cup run. I 
I don't know that you need to continue it. It didn't work as well as you wanted. It was a, I thought it was a great move, but I don't I don't know that it I don't know that it needs to be a thing in 2022-23 for this team. I think the Flurry camp is probably going to say peace out. Um it doesn't to me it doesn't make a lot of sense for Flurry to come back here. Like this team is I don't want to say they're rebuilding. That's too strong of word. But they are definitely going into a mode now of being young and hopefully exciting yeah. and competitive. But they're not. I mean, the flower should go to a place where he can blossom. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Did you get that? Yes. Did you get no, that, John, no, no, we didn't. Thank you. Miss, could you explain, explain, that, could you explain um, that one no. to us? So anyway, a flower. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think it needs to continue. And I don't think it needs to continue because I think he's probably going to like try to go back to Pittsburgh, which is absolutely fine. Like I loved that deal, but it was it doesn't make a lot of sense for this team if you think about it to try to bring back a veteran goaltender who might cost you a bit. Yeah. Um and, and so no, but I mean when you look Phil, when you look at what this team has now and this was a Fletcher huge problem. This franchise was trading draft picks. Their American Hockey League team in Iowa stunk. I mean it was awful. Look at what they have now. And just as an example, so um, the World Junior Championships are going to be played in a month from now, August, all right? That is the creme de la creme of, of young prospect talent pool. Those guys are fantastic. The Minnesota Wild, between Team Canada and the U.S. team now, is going to have five defensemen combined. Five defensemen who are young, who are top prospects, um, they're going to have the the starting goaltender on Team Sweden was a first-round pick by the Wild last year. All of this is to say, like, these guys aren't going to take years to develop. This isn't baseball. Mm-hmm. So all of this is to say, I think they are positioning themselves perfectly where a guy like Fletcher was always chasing the carrot immediately. And so, hey, t- take a first-round pick here, a second-round pick there. Mm-hmm. Now we've got no system. Look at it now. The Wild has a system, and they are bringing up top prospects. I mean, five defensemen, to Declan's point, that's collateral to trade, too. Yeah, yeah, and and from, from Marc-Andre Fleury's perspective, too, I mean, for all the reasons you guys just laid out, the Fiala trade had to happen. And, and it makes sense, and it ideally would be advantageous two, three years down the road for the Wild. But if you're, if you're a 38-year-old or whatever, what is he, 38, 39-year-old goalie, yeah, he's near 40. You know, call him 38 years old. From your perspective, they just traded a guy who put up 85 points and 33 goals who's in the prime of his career. Like, they just, they subtracted from the productivity of, of this current team. Another question I have for you guys is, you know, Matt Boldy came in, wound up playing about half the season, and in the half season that he played was one of the probably five or six most productive players on the team. So, you know, the, the Timberwolves are over here talking about how, hey, they're kind of throwing out little warning signs to the fan base that we might not do a lot. So don't get mad at us. You know, we're going to kick the tires on a DeJounte Murray here. And we definitely had conversations about Rudy Gobert. So we're open to it, but just know that if we don't make a big move, we still think we can take a huge step forward because we got these dudes all under the age of 24, Jade McDaniels and Anthony Edwards and Jalen Noel. That's going to be how we take a step forward. How good can Matt Boldy be at age 21 going into a second season? And how much does he help fill productivity lost by Kevin Fiala. Well, you're not going to replace Fiala's 85 points with just Matt Boldy. It just won't happen. And and look, Boldy was great. 39 points in 47 games. Um, if you mapped out his production over 82 games, that's a 68-point pace, which is still a very good season for a guy who's only 20, going into his age 21-year-old season. 
Um, but but it's probably going to be more of a committee to replace Fiala's production. So that's Boldy. That's Tyson Jost. That's maybe even a player that we don't know about yet. Uh, could be a Marco Rossi. Could be Adam Beckman. It's, it's going to be a player by committee. You won't replace Fiala's production individually with another individual production player. Um, but th- this is a conundrum that they also have to face because Fiala kind of got unlocked when Boldy was there. And Boldy definitely benefited from playing with Fiala. So even though Boldy had a nice rookie season with 15 goals and 39 points in 47 games, you also still have to make sure you're not playing with just some slappy either. But the Wild are banking that it's a by-committee approach that they can replace Fiala. And I, I would say Boldy is the guy that they're banking on to be the number one guy of that group to help replace his production. This might sound harsh, but I also don't think that, that they care. Like We're all like, who's going to replace Kevin's production next season? I don't think they care. Here's why. The 2023 draft is loaded, supposedly, right? So let's say the Wild takes a step back. Hell, let's say they miss the playoffs. Guess what you got? A higher draft pick. There is a very good case to be made here that they are banking on the fact that, like, so that's two first-round picks in 2021, two more this year now, and let's say you're not that good. Like, let's say you just take a step back. If you get a decently high draft pick in 2023, now we're really talking. Again, it's what could, all what could about, Spurgey get you? It's all about they. I think he's got a no, no move clause, and he's the cat. They're not going to trade. Him. Actually, I, I've thought about yeah, that. It actually doesn't kick in until a year from now. The no move clause. Yeah. But oh, I, I still don't think they're. I don't think they'll trade no, their. They're captain. not going to trade him. Just throwing it out there. But Garen I, I is very. Garen's very good about knowing. About how, how can I put this? Reading the room. If, if you trade, if you trade Spurgey, you're punting. Garen doesn't want to punt. I think what he wants to do is challenge these guys, right? Challenge Kaprizov, challenge Rossi, challenge the entire team, which I sort of like. But the point is, I think he's also prepared for, okay, let's say they don't meet the challenge. You get a higher draft pick in a loaded draft in the first round. Again, this is all about looking at how successful teams are built. And successful teams are built through developing players. And and look, in any salary cap league, this is also true, right? When you develop players and get max pr- production, i.e. McKinnon in Colorado, what happens? You get them for cheap and they're unbelievable. Yeah. So um, like there, there's a lot to be said about what the thought process is here. I think Wild fans are struggling with 113 points this past year. We got to have 113 again. I think that that is an unrealistic ask for what they're trying to do. Yeah, it is hard because it, it, we – we expect success to be this linear climb. And then if you take a step back, now it's... But there is a path here to maybe taking a slight step back for a year or two. Maybe not. I mean, who knows? Maybe Kaprizov takes another step forward or something. But um, I, 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 this all makes sense. It, it, on the surface, wow, they just traded one of their best players for future assets after having one of the best seasons, if not the best season in franchise history. But it all makes quite a bit of sense here. What's the most important thing? Among the sports that we talk about the most, the most important thing to me is the person who runs the operation of that actual team, not the business, has some trust from us. Like Bill Guerin to me, and look, the way that that the playoffs came to a conclusion against the Blues sucked. It was incredibly disappointing. But the way that Bill has gone about his business has developed, personally, for me, trust. The other thing I like is it's very clear, and this is incredibly important, and this is where this is where the Vikings thing scares me. 
it's very clear that Bill Guerin has control of of ownership. Leopold, I mean, he basically spent months saying, "Craig, I know your best friend is Suits. Like you guys go places. He's a great player. You love him, but you gave me this job." And you gave me a mandate to build a winning team. And I can tell you right now, that guy in our locker room is a losing type of player. He's very good, but he is not a winning player. Mm-hmm. And eventually Craig caved and said, okay, buy him out. Um, which, which is why I think the plan I'm talking about, like, if they miss the playoffs, it hurts at the gate a lot. But ultimately, if you have a plan that shows success, right, that shows a path to, and you're you're exactly right, Phil. It can't be 113 points. Now it's got to be 119. Um Tim Conley, like I don't know yet, but his but the time he spent with uh, D- Denver was impressive, and so I am willing to trust that this guy is going to step in with Chris Finch and give the Wolves, especially as Glenn moves aside, a plan. The Vikings scare me a bit, not because of Quazy, but because it seems like the Wilt said, "Bring everybody back. We think that we can win." Zim sucked, and I'm like, "Are you sure about that?" You know, so so I think part of the most important thing is, do you trust the people from the owner to the chief executive of the team? Do you have trust in what the vision and plan is? I think that's all a long way of Judd saying he's going to be advocating for the Wild to tank by about December 10th this season. I write it down. I think they could be, ex- I think they could be exciting. I think they could be. I don't. I think that they're going to take a step back, but I think with the speed and the youth, I think that they could be an exciting team. You know what's exciting? Losing weight is exciting. Oh, that is exactly right. And you know what's more exciting than just one person in your household dropping weight? It's two. That's right. I'm here to tell you right now. Dawn has joined me, and we are now both going to talk to our friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. And I want you to join us because we are now teaming up to drop weight. I'm down 40 pounds, and I am keeping it off. Thanks to my friends. And Dawn just joined already down five pounds. And so you know what? And by the way, just to be clear, she came to me and said, you've lost weight. I'd like to, too. And so I told her, hey, it's as easy as the Simple Start plan. Only $59. That's right. $59. Uh, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com. It is, um, it is a great feeling when you both can drop the weight, and I know, just like me, she's going to keep the weight off. Livia.com. A lot of people heading up to cabins for the weekend here for the uh, the Fourth of July weekend, and uh, yeah, right. if you haven't been taking care of, uh, you know, the lakeside area, well, we got some friends who can help you out. That's right. It's my friends at Aquaside because Aquaside products are easy to use and they begin working right away. So when you uh, step onto the lake uh, the, the, this week on the 4th of July, you have maybe a nice beverage in hand and you get your toes in the water a little bit, little, have a little Zach Brown potentially playing in the background. Maybe some Yacht Rock. Phil loves his Yacht Rock oh, and I know dude, he'll I have... My Michael McDonald I'm, t-shirt I'm sure he'll be, uh, he'll be playing it all this weekend. And uh, Aquaside has been helping people maintain those nice lake shores for over 60 years. They have Aquaside Pellet, which is their top seller. It's uh, registered, too, with the EPA and DNR. Shipping is free. Uh, go check them out in the Twin Cities at White Bear Lake or uh, go to Aquaside.com to learn more. Aquaside.com to learn more. All right, boys, it is time every Thursday for Declan to go back into the Twitter archives and uh, make fun of us for some of the dumb things that we've tweeted or maybe the overly emotional uh, lacking in foresight things that we've tweeted. It's old tweets exposed here. Matthew so Judd. I told you guys on Tuesday that uh, I had a Norv Turner 
uh, edition of old tweets exposed locked in after we were doing the pecking order of, of surprise exits and firings in Minnesota sports. Well, I actually have to put that on pause. We can probably even use it for next Thursday because uh, sure. we got Emilio Pagan takes to get to. Oh, gosh. Oh, so let's no. self-report here. Bill oh, Mackey. No. This is an excellent <laughs> okay. trade okay. for the Twins. I can explain. Uh, they, I can explain. They trade one year of Taylor Rogers, free agent oh, after 22, oh and a depth outfielder, Brent Rooker. For three years of Chris Paddock, big upside. Two years of Mio Pagan, lights <laughs> out in 2019, and for the first five months of last season. April 7th. This morning, I tweeted, is this one of the worst trades in Twins history? <laughs> yeah. So, in fairness, I did not know the elbow situation with Chris Paddock when I tweeted this. Yeah. Okay. I just, I just saw, uh-huh. hey, they traded for Chris Paddock. Mm-hmm. He used to be a top prospect. And... Uh, then I did a Google search, which I would recommend for the yeah. Twins front office next time you're about to trade for a pitcher that had UCL problems six months prior with no surgery. That equals ticking time bomb, as the Twins found out. And the Mets, the Mets had told the Padres, go away. We're not taking him. Correct. Because he was like... about to undergo Tommy John surgery. I know. So, listen, I think I might win. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can top that. I but I didn't, I didn't know about the elbow when I tweeted that. Like My opinion changed when I found out about the album. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of not doing a Google search, uh, me on that Wait. same day and the same morning, uh, I really like Rodgers, but he's a so pending FA. You flipped him for a controllable starter with upside plus veteran reliever. Also, Rooker was never going to crack the lineup at DH or the corners currently is a constructed solid trade. But wait, but wait, but wait. Also, Easier to patchwork a bullpen than it is to put together a formal rotation. So don't sweat so losing easy. your highest leverage reliever. Well, at least for now. Bow. Well, here we are. <laughs> three, mo- oh, three months I, later. I'm not saying anything until I see what <laughs> actually, I Actually, spoiler alert, Judd's actually the most tepid of ours. Judd won't win. Um, Judd, but, yeah, Judd tends to play a little safer but with these just a things. weird observation if the twins are going to acquire chris paddock you have to think jace tingler had plenty of input after yeah. the managing the padres the past two season tingler is now the bench coach and then doogie what if there's more than paddock with 124 likes oh he's just ah! out there. what if there's more than paddock okay but the funny thing is as doogie said on the scoop today wouldn't Tingler have told the twins uh, Pagan basically got me fired? Well, yeah, by that, blowing yeah. all those saves in the second half of the season. Yeah, that's the weird thing now. Maybe they didn't consult him. Maybe they weren't collaborating with Jace Tingler. It's time I with the Padres. Don't know. So, all right, well, Judd, who wins? Is it is it me or Declan? Are we both going to jail? Boy, it might be a handcuff. It's basically a tie. Yeah, we were both very very high on this. So, all right, well, co-champions. Of- Old tweets exposed here. So there it is. We've got Action Movie Rewind coming out for you guys. I know we said last week we were going to do Face Off, but then uh, we looked at the calendar and said, no, we should do Independence Day. A couple listeners said, this is obviously the weekend that you would do Independence Day. So we'll be doing Independence Day and the next week Face Off on Action Movie Rewind. So, uh, yeah, check that out and hope you guys have a very safe, don't blow any hands off or anything, no fingers, 4th of July weekend. I just stay safe so out there, Mackie and Judd. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring, 
After two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability, Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division-favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sp- the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.